Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the Nittany Lions Sports Report. It is live here on Bob Long Sports and housed on the Sports Stream Premium Network. We've got a big show for you here this week. Penn State dominant for a while against Villanova. A couple of touchdowns late clawed that game back to, uh, well, covering the spread for one. Something we'll get to as the game and the show goes on. But uh, Penn State did what they needed to do. Got the win that everybody knew they would get. A little bit of a come down from the big win against Auburn. Time to build back up. Penn State takes on Indiana at home. Fourth consecutive home game, Tyler, against the Indiana Hoosiers. He is Tyler Gellhouse. He's my co-host here this evening. Tyler, welcome. And we'll turn the page very quickly on Villanova and start thinking about the rest of the Big Ten season. Yeah, we're back into the, the swing of things for the Big Ten. Uh, obviously, after the start at Wisconsin, now we're full Big Ten from here on out. Um, and, you know, I thought it was a good uh, four-game stretch for Penn State, about as good as you could hope for still. Um, some areas of definitely improvement, especially in the running game and the run block. Um, but a lot of things that people are worried about, such as Sean Clifford, um, so far so good from Sean. Uh, I think he's he's playing in the best football he's played at Penn State. Um, two interceptions on the year. One was a heave at the end of the half. Not a good pass, but the other one was right off the hands of Keandre Lambert-Smith. That one's in the receiver. So right now I think Penn State's in a good spot. I think they still need to fine-tune some things, um, mainly in the running game. You know, they've been playing a couple different running backs here and there. Um, but it's been a struggle, and, and when you struggle against Villanova um, in the running game, uh, that definitely puts up some, some red flags, and hopefully they can get that corrected because, um, you know, running game will certainly help you win, win games in the Big Ten come late October and November. We'll take a look throughout the Big Ten over the course of the evening, a little bit of a status update for where the conference is, but discussing Penn State, Indiana. Of course, the last time these two teams played, was the first game of the COVID season in 2020. Came down to the final moments. Categorically, a very sloppy game from Penn State. Turnovers from Sean Clifford. Mistakes mentally by Devin Ford, who now is not really seeing much time in meaningful games. And, of course, a questionable at best <coughs> call at the end of overtime that uh, Michael Penix they said did get into the end zone, scored a two-point conversion, won the game 36-35. Revenge, sure, maybe. But, Tyler, this Penn State team has a lot more ahead of it to worry about than that first game of last year. Indiana, a formidable opponent. Yep. Uh, it's not going to be the best team anybody has seen, but they've had a very difficult schedule, led off against the Iowa Hawkeyes, had a first-half lead against Cincinnati, a team that has a big game themselves coming up against Notre Dame, and still, to this point, remains in the college football pic uh, playoff fringe picture there. But Indiana, they've challenged themselves. There's no doubt that just like Penn State, they've gotten into the cauldron. They've played against high-level competition. And so when this team comes to Beaver Stadium, Penn State should be under no impressions that this is going to be any easy task. This team is ready to play. They've seen speed on the opposition. They've seen big boys with Iowa and Cincinnati. This is going to be a tough football game at 730. Yeah, uh, and, and Tom Allen, I think he's a really good football coach. I think Indiana has a really, really good coach um, – for their program um <clears throat> last year was an amazing year um you know for indiana football standards uh michael Penix is back at quarterback off of another acl surgery from last year he does not look the same that he was uh, at that level he was playing at 
Um, they have a really good receiver in Ty Freifogel. Their second-best receiver, DJ Matthews, went out with a, a torn ACL uh, last week, so he will obviously be unavailable for the foreseeable future. Good tight end, Peyton Hendershot. They have a really good running back in Stephen Carr, USC transfer. So there's a lot of talent still on this Indiana team. You mentioned it, the 2-2 two and two start. I think that um, you know this is more of the typical Indiana team. I think last year was just a really good year for them. They had a lot of things go their way. Uh, but ne- nevertheless, um, it's going to be a, a tough game. They're physical, um, and, and you know, they, they need to win, you know, just as much as Penn State needs to win. So um, it should be a really good atmosphere again, another night game, a stripe out this time. Uh, Todd Blackledge on the call, so uh, looking forward to another great atmosphere in Beaver Stadium. Yeah, Todd Blackledge made the call on Twitter and also said that he was looking for a taste of the town recommendation. So ye all call it college diner, which he's done mm-hmm. in years past, gone. Uh, I, I, I wonder where he'll pick. Yeah, I don't know. Um, what's what's a Penn State stalwart these days? I, well, know, I would I think say Canyon older... Pizza, <laughs> <laughs> but that's not going to be the taste of the town. Yeah, I tell you what, he's um, all, he's got to go there at one thirty in the morning. What's <laughs> is there is there like a the corner room? Is corner that... room would be good. Allen Street Grill, yeah, the tavern is the tavern, right, right, right. So, uh, uh, but w- the corner room is is right by where the diner that's used to be. Right, that's where like the second floor seating, right? With the, the windows, Allen Street grill yeah, is. Yep, yep. Okay, so That's upstairs um, from yes, the corner room. Yep, yep. So, um, I'm sure it would probably be one of those if I had to guess, but yeah, not totally sure. You know, all free ads in the world here, of course. But Home D Pizza is no longer. That was down mm-hmm. Atherton Street. That was our spot when we were in college to go watch the NFL games. It was one of the only spots that had direct. Ticket, Sunday NFL ticket. Got to watch the Bills, right? Have to watch the Bills. It was basically my group of friends and then a bunch of townies. And we had <laughs> nicknames for these people. Uh, we had Lions guy, Titans lady, Dolphins dude, and then our waiter who about half paid attention to us but was an awesome dude. He was checking his fantasy football roster, was a Niners fan. So it was an eclectic bunch at Home D Pizza. But, uh, you know, barely knew ye, unfortunately. <laughs> Uh, back to Indiana, though, Tyler. So you said that this is back to a, say, normal, quote-unquote, Indiana team. Do you truly believe well, that? Well, I, I, I just think that last year was such a good year for them. <laughs> it, it's almost like Penn State basketball having a really good year type of thing. Um, but, yeah, I, I do. I, I think that last year, I think, you know, they got started on the right foot with that ending against Penn State. That That ending, you know – spiraled Penn State out of control for for five straight losses right out of the gate um and I and I think that Indiana they do have it they did have a very tough schedule to start of the season um but I think you're going to see them more in the middle to the lower pack of this Big Ten East that is very strong right now Hmm. and I see them coming in around four or five in, in the east uh I think Maryland's Really getting better down there. I mean, you look at you Michigan, look at Michigan, Michigan, Michigan State, State or better the than difference. exactly. Sure. I mean, you know, I still think it's you know Ohio State, Penn State, and then probably the two Michigan schools. You got Maryland, Indiana, and then even Rutgers has improved. So, as we're talking about Indiana, the whole Big Ten East is very much improved throughout, with maybe the exception of Ohio State, even though it's early and they still are Ohio State. I would not be surprised to see Indiana finish third in the Big Ten East <coughs> behind uh, Penn State and Ohio State. In in that order. 
Well, <laughs> whatever order you like. We'll find out on October okay. 30th. I mean, I think that they'll probably be closer to the 4-5 or five range, but it, it's going to be a knockout, drag them out type of division this year. I mean, you know, the SEC West is obviously great, but I think the Big Ten East is right there behind it. Yeah, I think so. Uh, listen, Tom Allen has done a great job. He's there a phenomenal a, coach. There was a guy coaching before him by the name of Kevin Wilson. Do you remember that name from yeah, Indiana? Yeah, he's, he's at Ohio – is he still at Ohio State? He might still he, be at Ohio State. He might State. be. Yep, I can't remember. Yep. And uh, But his claim to fame prior to getting the Indiana job was that he was an offensive coordinator at Oklahoma. And it was Sam Bradford and Landry Jones. Sure. Those are the types of names we're talking about here. Uh, that he engineered that offense. So he came to Indiana, and they were an offensive firepower for a couple of years. Think back to that game where Penn State won because Shaka Tony made like four sacks in the fourth quarter. And they're they're always a tough out for Penn State. And they're I will good say offensive that. team. Yeah, but that team coached by Kevin Wilson could never really put it together defensively. And nobody's going to say that last year's Indiana team was a defensive stalwart. But I do believe that the defenses that they're putting out there right now are better than the Wilson offenses. Wilson yeah. went on really not good terms, unfortunately, for, for him and them. <coughs> um, but, uh, but I think that set a stage where they were getting some talented offensive players. Tom Allen came in, put a little bit more grit into the program. Defenses are playing better. And, yeah, I, I, I'm not buying Michigan State to begin with in the Big Ten East. I'm not sure if I am yet either. And then Michigan, they've played great. I will give Harbaugh and the Wolverines a lot of credit. Um, you know, those are some interesting games when they all play each well, other, all uh, three of them. And what do, you, what do you think about, I know we're going to talk about the games a little bit later, um, but what do you think about um, Maryland? I mean, they're they're also 4-0. Um, big game on Friday night that we'll talk about that one a little bit later against Iowa, which I'm sure a huh. lot of people will be tuning into. Huh. Does um, that ring any bells to you? Maryland undefeated after the first three or four games. They got a big Friday <laughs> night, shut down the campus, black, black and out. a traditional rival comes to uh, yeah to campus. And what was the score? Uh, Fifty. I thought it was forty-five. Forty. It was a thirteen or something. It like was that. a. I, it may have even 59 been fifty-nine. Nothing was the one. It was bad. Uh, or sixty-six to three was the one right before Thanksgiving. Right. But that was <clears> prior to the Auburn game. Sean Clifford's best game as a Nittany Lion when it he was, was a sophomore. Yeah. A redshirt freshman. Sophomore. He would have been a redshirt sophomore redshirt at the time. Redshirt sophomore yeah. at the time. Yep, that was a really good game that he had. So I'm going to say no. I need to see them win that Friday night yeah. game before. Yeah, I mean, I just there's a lot of really good games, especially in the East, um, you know, coming up. Uh, the West seems to be kind of boring. Wisconsin doesn't look like – I mean, Graham Mertz has just been terrible. Uh, they they had so many chances against. They're Notre okay Dame. though. They are well, okay. Well, if you look at their schedule, I They're mean, they have fine. Michigan this week. They could they could easily run. They still control their own destiny in the Big Ten West. Bingo. So, Bingo. um, even though they're one and two, they had an early season bye. They still have everything out in front of them in terms of the Big Ten. Yep. I mean, they obviously have no shot at the college football playoff but at this point. They also need to get their stuff together real fast because I mean, Graham Mertz just doesn't look good. And, um, you know, their running game is still strong, but they have they, – all we've heard about is they finally have weapons on the outside, but he can't get them the ball. So, right. you know. How about that game this past weekend, by the way? That was the, the tale of the flailing Wisconsin quarterback, quarterback past and present. Jack yeah. Cohn for Notre Dame, who couldn't win the job over Graham Mertz, and Graham Mertz, the guy that throws four interceptions against Jack Cohn's new team. And then it's the Notre Dame third string that leads him to the victory. 
<laughs> yeah. Because their second string right, was already out, and, and, and Cone got hurt. got hurt. So, yeah, it was it was I, when I saw the final score, I was like, how did it? How did that get so out of hand? <laughs> we were on that one preseason, you and I. We were talking about Notre Dame, and we said that this is not the team that last year's team was. Jack Cohn is not Ian Book. Ian Book, for all folks like to say about Notre Dame, he was an elite college quarterback. One of the better college quarterbacks that we've seen in a long Probably time. Probably one of the most underrated. Mm-hmm. And, and forgotten And forgotten about. Like, sure. You know, like the college football... But he played early. He did. He played well from the very beginning. Yeah, he took him to at least one playoff. I think it was two, maybe? It may have been. Yeah, Unbelievable. So, truly is. Yeah. So, again, that, that game was surprising to me. Some other surprising games across college football, Texas A&M and Arkansas. Arkansas might be for real. And I know that A&M hadn't been playing well, but into the top ten, deservedly yeah. so. They get college game day this weekend. Yeah, uh, Arkansas has another one of the strong. They knocked out both the Giants and Texas, the Longhorns mm-hmm. and the Aggies so far, and and now they have to travel to Georgia to take on the Bulldogs, and that's going to be quite the test. I mean, you know, Georgia. Some people are even putting them one above Alabama. For me, it's Alabama one until they until prove, told exactly. Otherwise. So, but Georgia is right there um, under them. That's going to be tough for Arkansas. I really think um, they're huge underdogs, but. They've been playing so well, and it's actually a nice surprise because they really haven't been relevant in some time. So the coach, uh, Coach Pittman down there, has those guys going. And um, like I said earlier, the SEC West and the Big Ten East are going to be fun to watch how they how they play out here. There's no doubt about that. And, we'll, again, we'll keep talking about the Big Ten East as it develops. But, but back to this game. Penn State playing Indiana, 7.30 p.m. It's on ABC. You mentioned Todd Blackledge coming back to town, a former Penn State letterman. We're going to talk to Bruce Badgley, who is an IU guy, and he runs SportsStream Premium Network, where we're housed. Perfect time to have him on as our guest picker. Tyler, we did not do so well last week, particularly me, and it's time to raise my hand and say, yeah, things did not go my way. Well, on the flip side, Ryan. Ryan Lennox. He's in first place right now, 5-1. and one. The only game he got wrong was Mississippi State-LSU. He took Mississippi State because he can't stay in LSU. And LSU won a close game. But other than that, he was kind of dead on with Villanova to a certain extent. They covered. Um, they Back looked, door. Yeah, they, it was. But they looked better than – you know, they played really good defense, Villanova. I mean, at least stopping the run, I should say, um, which was frustrating as a Penn State fan. But um, it was a good week for Ryan. Um, not really a good week for, for either one of us. As you mentioned, you went goose egg. Goose egg. And uh, I went 2-4, and four, and now we're tied up at 11-13 and 13 each. So, like we said, don't listen to our picks because um, they're really just not that good this year. You know, <laughs> I, I still have the paper from last year here, Tyler, and this is, this is where we put everything in if you're watching on, uh, on SportsStream Premium Network. Wow, like – we did pretty well last year, and this is pretty awful this year. So it's still kind of early. Thirty-five so and twelve. I've already lost more games this year than I did last year. You're busy. You're busy with LaSalle. <laughs> you're, you're calling all the LaSalle games. So. I did last year as well. <laughs> wow. But uh, but nonetheless, I just plan on not losing a game the rest of the year. That's there how you we'll go. Run the table. Uh, but again, Penn State to take on Indiana this coming weekend. What are your expectations? You, you're. I- not to say discounting Indiana, but no, putting them back in their place. What do you expect to see? Well, I'm interested to really see this, uh, to see Jahan Dotson, for one, go up against, I believe his name's Trayvon Mullen, uh, cornerback mm-hmm. for Indiana. Um, probably one of the 
best cornerbacks in the country, uh, probably a first-team Big Ten cornerback. Um, I mean, I think Dotson's phenomenal. I, I put him up there with anybody in the country in terms of, you know, speed, route running, hands. smooth hands, athletic ability. He's not the flashiest guy, but it's like you throw it to him, you know what you're going to get. Um, he's super reliable. So I'm interested to see how, you know, he goes up against a potential first, second rounder uh, down the road. Um, and then I'm also interested to see, as I've been, you know, at first it was Sean Clifford, Sean Clifford earlier. Now I'm, I'm concerned about the running game. Um, I really want to see that get going. I think John Lovett has done some good things. Um, when he gets in there, he kind of provides a spark. Um, and he runs at a different style as the other running backs. Uh, he's more like a Devin Ford quick home run threat, whereas, you know, Lee and, and Kane are, are power backs and just really haven't gotten much push from the offensive line. And it's, it's a little frustrating, especially going up against Villanova uh, and, and nothing against Villanova, but the size alone, um, the Penn State should have had their way with them. And hopefully they can get the run game going. I'm, I'm interested to see that. And I want to see how Dotson goes up against Mullen. A lot of that's an offensive line discussion, yeah, right? Absolutely. I mean, you have four talented backs. Somebody should be well, finding their way through and, if you're getting decent blocks. And I also wonder, because they've been rotating pretty much three backs recently. Sure. Like Ford's got maybe one or two touches, but it, it, they're still kind of waiting. Because every year, it seems like it has taken a couple games for a running back to really, you know, present itself as a number one. You know, last year, I'm sorry, two years ago, wasn't it like Ricky Slade? And then out of nowhere came Journey Brown. Yep. You know, and, and Noah Kane well, Noah Kane actually came in sure. and then he got hurt and then it was Journey Brown and then Journey Brown was amazing. Um so it just feels like they're still waiting for somebody. I don't know if Noah Kane still isn't a hundred percent. I mean he looks like he's a hundred percent. He's um, never been that guy to just run away from I know. You, and 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 if the hole's not there, he's right, he's not gonna outrun you. Um so I'm not sure really if it, it feels like more of a line thing than a running back thing, but I'm also wondering if Maybe running backs just aren't able to get in the groove because they're rotating so much. I don't know that answer. Mm. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, I, I think that it is probably more a line thing than anything else. I think so, else. too. Um, you know, again, a, a guy in Eric Wilson who seems a bit undersized at the left guard position. He's done a great job tactically and technically blocking. Um, but, again, received Walker right next to him. Wonderful in pass blocking. I think there's still some questions to be answered there. The thing that surprises me – is that you have three tight ends, really two, but let, let's just talk about Brenton Strange, who is an elite blocker at the tight end position. It's the best skill set that he has, and he has a lot of strong skill assets. And then Theo Johnson, who is getting better. Um, Tyler Warren, again, is still working his way into the role. That those guys can't be more involved and more effective in zone blocking but schemes. I think Franklin actually called them out, um, the, the tight end group in, in general, for blocking. I mean, it, it has to be better. Um, I don't know if it's more – I'm not an O-line guru, so I don't know if it's coming from the interior. Uh, I know our tackles are pretty strong. I have heard that the tight end blocking hasn't been great. But, you know, they got to figure it out because the schedule – they've already had a tough schedule. And, and the rest of the schedule outside of maybe like Illinois – and I can't even really call – you can't really call Rutgers. I mean, they should win and same with Maryland, but they're not gimmies anymore. Sure. No. And not to mention all the other teams you play are ranked. Mm -hmm. And, you know, some of them are on the road too. So, And there's a lot of things to continue to watch. I don't know that we're in a position to make broad sweeping generalizations. But – 
you have you went from a Kirk Shirokin before him a Ricky Ronnie and before him a Joe Moorhead where it was based around that RPO and and not to say they don't and can't run the offense that way but Mike Yurcich is more of a spread you out rely on the quarterback rely on your arm and that is what Penn State fans have been asking for and that's the way college football has been trending and right. those are the teams that win the football games and that's what the <laughs> analytics are telling you is that you run enough just to keep the team off balance, but yep. the big plays and the winning teams are able to deliver the ball down the field over the middle. And right or wrong, Penn State's been more successful in that uh, than they have been, and they've been less successful running the ball than they have been. To me, it's I kind of was expecting the opposite, actually. Um, so it's it's a um, catch twenty two, I guess you could say. I mean, because Sean Clifford again appears so far to be playing the best football. Um, that we've seen outside of, you know, early in that 2019 season that you mentioned earlier. Uh, but imagine if you can just get the run game going just to – it'll even open up the passing game even more. You sure. have the linebackers come down. It opens up the play action of the tight ends underneath. Yep, the middle and, of the field um, specifically. But, but sure. seriously, though, I, I am I'm really impressed. I think we have a really good receiving group. Um, you know, they all made plays on Saturday, albeit against Villanova. Uh, I hate to keep saying that. I mean, that's a good that's a good program. Yeah. Um, but you always have to consider the opponent. Um, Dropped two spots in the FCS. Bowl, yeah, by the I way. do have, and I we meant I mentioned that on the show. I said, will they be docked? Yeah. And I I don't see what I don't know why they were. I don't, I don't get think that. it really matters because I think if they beat JMU in um, is that this Harrison week or next? Berg. That's Villanova has a bye, I think. Yeah, I think that like is the right. ninth. So that's going to be a tough place, obviously, to go to. But you know, hopefully, like I said last week, that Penn State game got Villanova ready for that. Um, but I think, you know, this is in terms of skilled position players, I think this Penn state offense, this is as skilled as we've seen since, you know, the 2016 with Barkley and Hamilton and Gasicki, Godwin, all those guys. Um, yeah. So I think if Sean Clifford can keep protecting the ball and getting the receivers tight ends, um, good things are going to happen, but we still need to see a little bit more out of the run game. So we've been bouncing around over the course of the show here, and we'll keep doing that. But let's talk about one of the quirkiest weekends and really the quirkiest Septembers we've seen in college football in a very long time. Clemson goes down. They, they got their normal shot across the bow against Georgia Tech a couple of weeks ago, Tyler. Won that game 14-8, to and you thought, well, shoot. You know, they, they had their chance, and now DJU is going to figure it out. <laughs> well, guess what? They did not. NC State. A game that we picked wrong, by the way. And I wanted to go NC State so badly, oh, too. I, I just had, couldn't. I had zero, zero premonition. Well, I mean, you'd think that Clemson would figure it out, right? Yeah. And they're better than NC State. Yeah. They're more talented. And now There's no reason that NC State should have won that game. And now, but, now they're 2-2, two and two and they're out of the playoffs. Yep. Already. They are done. And and not to mention, like their schedule really isn't that difficult. Um, but there's probably still another loss on there somewhere. Ah, uh, I, mean, I guess. They're, they're, I mean, they're, they're going to play like this. They're sure. extremely banged up. Yeah. Um, their one, their backup running back transferred in the middle of like a couple weeks ago. Transfer mm -hmm. portal. The starter, the five-star freshman Shipley, he's out with an injury now. Yep. Brian Bressy on a defensive line tackle, mm -hmm. he's out for the season with an ACL. Number one recruit the year. He yeah, came I out. mean they're they're kind of dropping like flies right now down there. Sure. Um, I didn't. I didn't expect it. <laughs> sure, you just kind of pencil Clemson in these days. And by the way, you talked about folks ranking Georgia ahead of <clears throat> Alabama. Well, that win continues to take on more contests. A ten-three 
win over Clemson, uh, that, that win continues to take on additional context because Clemson is struggling as badly as they are. Yeah, it's, I, I thought DJU was going to be re- – I didn't think – I knew there was going to be a drop-off. I mean, from Trevor Lawrence, obviously. Sure. But we saw him get in there last year, mid-season, did some good things. Um, yeah, something's not right down there, and um, it's nope. going to open up a playoff spot for for, for another team. Uh, the ACC is now officially on the outside looking in for their college football playoff hopes. Yeah, unless unless what, Notre wait? Dame's third-string quarterback, not really part of the ACC, oh, okay. unless they can figure something out because – as oh, poorly Notre, as yeah, they've Notre played, Dame has a chance. Uh, they shouldn't. I mean, as poorly as they've played, there are losses on that schedule. And one of the most exciting games of the weekend coming up is Notre Dame-Cincinnati. That is going to be an exciting game. Also one of our pickums here that we're going to get to shortly. Mm-hmm. Um, Notre Dame seems like they're like getting ready to take a loss, but every time I think that... Mm-hmm. They win. <laughs> but, if, but if they truly find something in this next – because I don't think Jack Cohn is the answer to get them to the college football playoff. But if they've staved off this time long enough to find the identity and figure something out, then more power to them, and that could be a thorn in the side. I know, I know they're not technically part of the ACC. That was right. just a, a bit. But, right. um, but, yeah, that game, very interesting. And, again, college football, very wide open. Alabama beats Florida by two. Again, they'll continue to get themselves together, but they are human. Ohio State loses to Oregon. The Big Ten is wide open. Iowa looks like they might have been as good as anybody in the country. Well, guess what? Iowa State lost another game they should have. Yeah, they lost to Baylor. Iowa struggled this weekend for a while. Well, and then you think, and and as you're talking about this, um, you know, Penn State beat Wisconsin and Auburn. And Auburn will miss off to Georgia State this yeah. week. Wisconsin's one and two. But I always, no matter which way you're looking at it, when you beat a team, they're obviously going to drop in the rankings. So they're not going to be mm-hmm. be as high as they were when you sure. played them. I, how do you look at it? Do you look at it as where the team ends up or where the team was when you played them, win or lose? I, it's, it's, mm, I kind of look at it as where they end up. Uh, but just generally, right? It, it's not like, well, they are unranked. It's, is this well, a quality football team? Right. And the reason I ask that is because SEC, and I think you're going to see it in the Big Ten this year too, is they're going to beat each other up. Of course. And the SEC always does that, you know. Um, of course. But that's why I'm just kind of wondering because, like I said, I think the Big Ten East is right there behind the SEC West. Wisconsin's right? still a solid football team, and it's a good win. Right. On question. the road to start the season, right? Forty-one to thirteen. That game was far closer than the score indicated. Than the score right. indicated. Uh, that's a solid win. Auburn will continue to be a very solid win. I'm not worried about how they played against Georgia State. By the way, they made a quarterback change. Mm, yeah, they're going with T.J. Finley now. It looks like very, very interesting. Very, very interesting. But again, Ohio State questions to answer. Right? C.J. Stroud was injured. The two other guys, Kyle McCord, Jack Miller, struggled for a while. Then got it together. But, uh, you know, Stroud's status still up in the air. And is he the long-term answer, or is it going to be Quinn Ewers next year? <laughs> uh, he's not eligible to play this year, but it's very interesting. The whole circuit of college football has a different tint right it, now. Well, 
And who's good, who's not, I don't think we know at the I, end of September. I don't think we do, but I think it's really it's shaping up for a really exciting season. Oklahoma um, barely beats bar- well, West Virginia. And they, they barely beat Nebraska. They've struggled all season. Even Tulane. Yeah. The, the first game. So they don't even look like world beaters. I mean, you go into the season, everyone, okay, Alabama, Clemson, Georgia, yep. Oklahoma, Ohio State. Well, Ohio State, Clemson are out of the top ten. Mm-hmm. Who would have thought? I mean, seriously, that both those teams would have been out of the top ten. And then you have a, a power five like Cincinnati that if they went out, they might get like a spot in the college football playoff. Group so, of five. Group of five. Yes. Power five. group. This is a group of five. So um, it, it's so early still, but it's it's shaping up for a lot of excitement. Uh, and, and that excitement really gets going even more this week in the SEC when you have a bunch of undefeateds going at each other. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. Well, let, let's get to that. We'll take a quick break. We're going to come back on the other side, make some picks with our buddy Bruce Badgley from the Sports Stream Premium Network. We'll hear about all the good things he's doing, and then we'll make some picks. Huge weekend in college football coming up on the heels of a fantastic one, shaking up the college football playoff picture on the early side, of course. This is very early. But Penn State's got a big one themselves. We'll tell you the spread and we'll make our picks next here on the Nittany Lions Sports Report. Dunphy Ford is Mayfair's neighborhood Ford store. Nobody knows your neighborhood like Dunphy Ford. Nearly 40 years. Right here on Frankfurt Avenue. Generation after generation, our neighbors continue to be our customers. We have access to the cars and trucks you want with financing you need. Dunphy Ford is Northeast Philly's first choice for America's number one brand. 7700 Frankfurt Avenue in Mayfair. Online at www.dumpyford.com. Come experience the Dumpy difference. You'll be glad you did. Welcome back, folks, inside the Nittany Lions Sports Report. Bob Long, Tyler Gelhouse, and joining us to see him Brighton Center there, Bruce Badgley from the Sports Stream Premium Network. Bruce, how are you, my friend? Welcome to the show, and I sure hope you're ready to be guest picker here tonight. Well, well, uh, I am. I, I think I'm ready. Uh, you know, it, it done a little homework here. I think that this is a, a real key week for a lot of games, and uh, I'm really anxious to talk about the ones that we're picking. Good. Before we get there, as you know, our guest picker segment is where we highlight somebody or something occurring in the Philadelphia region or beyond. We've extended all the way down to Pinehurst, North Carolina this year. So it knows no bounds, the beauty of Zoom. But we talk about somebody doing something cool. And Bruce, I will say that you fall into that category. You are doing something cool. You are Mr. Berks County High School football and beyond. And we want us uh, we want you to tell us all about that. Yeah, you know, uh, not only are we, uh, you know, doing uh, streaming games uh, locally here for, gosh, Burke's Catholic for Governor Mifflin for Penn Manor and actually Penn Manor and Wilson will be our game uh, this Friday. Uh, but, you know, we're raising money for charity. Um, we're uh, like when we do the Penn Manor games, uh, we're raising money for the Penn Manor uh, Coaches Association Scholarship Fund. Uh, that's really what SSP Network is all about. We do it in a way that if you want to watch the game for free, just watch the game for free. If you want to donate to the charity or, in the case, even SSP Network, uh, when we do these games, you have that opportunity. So uh, uh, we've uh, we've uh, collected money for charity for uh, the Peyton Walker Foundation for our 
shows, the WPAL Blitz show, our uh, FSOD Coaches Corner show, um, you know, pre-snap look, which is the District 12, District 1 show. We're trying to highlight all of these schools and all of these kids and all of these coaches um, so that they get the do that they get and give them an opportunity to raise a little money too. There you go. And you got another good show on the network that I don't think you've mentioned yet. Oh, uh, which one is that? Oh, yeah, right. Nitty Lions Sports Report. <laughs> hey, there we are. <laughs> yeah, but and it's all on the SSPN page on easternpafootball.com. Gosh, we, we put all that content all on one page uh, every week. I tell you what, it is, uh, it is great to go down there and look at the uh, SSP network page to see, you know, all these great shows. And, uh, you know, like I said, it's just, it just amazes me when I see the, you know, all of the uh, games recovering, all of the teams recovering, all the opportunity that there is to raise money. Yeah, that's great. Well, I'm, I, it's nice to give folks that option to give back. That, that's really cool what you're doing. Uh, one guy, guy that I know you've seen a lot of this year is a guy that we have mentioned on this show. And a lot of Penn State fans are very interested to see matriculate to State College, Bruce. That's Nick Singleton of Governor Methlin. What yeah, have you he's seen a, out of him this year? Uh, I mean, what haven't hasn't anybody seen out of, out of Nick Singleton? I mean, he's a leader. He's a winner. Um, he is – he's – for a game breaker, I've never seen a game breaker like Nick Singleton. I mean, literally on the ground, Governor Mifflin is in scoring position anytime that they hand the ball off to him. Um, you know, against York High, Governor Mifflin called timeout with 17 seconds left to go at in the half at midfield to give him an opportunity to run the ball just one more time, and he took it to the house. So, I mean, you know, those are the things that legends are made of. And, you know, Penn State's really going to get themselves uh, not only a great football player, but a good kid, too. And, um, you know, I know the family. I've known them for many years, uh, covering high school uh, football for Governor Mifflin there. And, uh, boy, I tell you what, I mean, uh, I think you guys are going to be happy seeing him in blue and white next year. Best player you've ever seen at the high school level? I'd have to say, I mean, up close and personal, yeah, uh, clearly in my mind. Uh, I and I have not, seen, I have not like seen a game break. Yeah, I, I'm sorry. I was going to say I know he's a different position than Micah Parsons, although I guess not really because <laughs> Micah ran the ball in high school as well. But, um, you know, that would maybe be the other guy I'd think of in your neck of the woods. But I don't know. I mean, is yeah, there anybody else that jumps um, to mind? Nick Singleton, I tell you yeah. what, as far as a game breaker goes, yeah, not really. I mean, those are two good ones that that I've seen in in you know, and, and obviously on the uh, you know the the direct beeline there to uh, you know Pennsylvania, and and that's the other thing too. You know, uh, you know Penn State now has got like ranked the number one recruiting class you know in the country, and a lot of these kids are coming from Pennsylvania. You know, I mean that's really something when you think about it of how the, you know, the talent level of high school football is elevated in the state of Pennsylvania. Well, that's great, Bruce. Well, appreciate uh, all your thoughts on Nick Singleton, high school football in general, and thanks for everything that you are doing. Uh, Todd, I don't know if you have anything else or if we want to get right to some picks here tonight. Well, I believe Bruce is a Hoosier. 
Yes, he is. So this is going to be a big week because uh, obviously we have the Penn State game to pick. Um, In fact, yeah, that's a good point. Before we get to that, what do you think about your Hoosiers this year? You still got Tom Allen at the helm. You still got Michael Penix at quarterback. You've had quite the schedule to begin the year. Uh, Cincinnati was a tough game. Of course, Iowa, now the number four team in the country. How do you look at this team before we actually make some picks? Uh, you know, I think, look, I think last year they caught lightning in a bottle. I, I you know, I mean, it, it's so much that is timing and emotion and, you know, it was the COVID year and everything else. I think that, you know, this is much more of a testament to reality uh, in, you know, what a Big Ten schedule is really like uh, and, and, and how, you know, teams, you know, um, obviously you can get lightning in a bottle here and there, but it's the consistency over time that, you know, really equates to a program. And I'm not entirely sure that, you know, IU is there yet. I mean, you know, Coach Allen has done a great job, very highly emotional guy, but I think he's still got to fill the pipeline up a little bit more with some top quality recruits. Interesting. Okay. All right. We'll keep that in mind as we pick this game and project Indiana the rest of the way. But what do you say, Tyler? You want to get it underway? Yeah, here we go. We're actually going to start off in the Big Ten. Uh, we'll save Penn State, Indiana for last. But uh, we have a Friday night showdown between two unbeatens. Iowa Hawkeyes travel to take on the Maryland Terrapins. Who do you like and why? Well, I tell you what, I I, I like uh, Iowa. Uh, I do. I think that, uh, you know, Maryland's still, uh, you know, even though they're off to a 4-0 start, I think that they're uh, still, um, I, I, I like Iowa. I mean, I really do. I think that that's a really solid team over there. And uh, even though it's a, a road Big Ten game, I, I, I like the Hawkeyes. I like the Hawkeyes as well. You know, this is going to be confident talk, Tyler, coming from a guy who was 0-6 last week. But, uh, who do you like and why? I like Iowa because they're better than Maryland, a lot better than Maryland. And, again, we mentioned it earlier in the show, Bruce, but there was a game several years ago in late September uh, where Penn State traveled to Maryland. It was also a Friday night kickoff. They shut down the school. It was a blackout. It was supposed to be the biggest game in program history. And they walked away losing by 30-plus points. I could see a similar fate, maybe a little less, because Iowa isn't the highest-scoring team right. in the world. But I think it is definitive this weekend in College Park. I think it'll be a pretty close game. Um, I think Maryland's going to come out with a ton of energy. Uh, but I think Iowa is a better team, which is why I think they're going to win. I also want to see Penn State and Iowa both win this week. That way we likely have a top-five matchup going into next week. Um, I just don't know. I think maybe Iowa looks ahead, um, to, to Penn state next week and Maryland might be able to catch them. But I think Kirk Ferentz has been there forever. I think he'll have his guys ready. And I think that they are the better fundamentally sound football team. And I think they will win in the end. I, I do believe that it's really difficult for the traditional big 10 teams to still go into the non-traditional Big Ten teams, which I call, you know, Rutgers and Maryland. And the, the juices just don't flow the same as if they, you know, go into, a, you know, a Camp Randall Stadium or, you know, into Champaign or, or what have you. So uh, I, I but I still do like Iowa. All right. We're going to stay in the Big Ten. Um, this is a noon start uh, Eastern time on Saturday. 
Undefeated Michigan travels to Camp Randall to take on the one and two sluggish on offense, but very good on defense, Wisconsin Badgers. Yeah, I like Michigan and I like it for, you know, from the heart in that I've always been a fan of Jim Harbaugh. And I always think that really? when Mich when Michigan is relevant, the Big Ten is just is it just seems to grab the headlines more. Um, so uh, but I do think Michigan wins this game. I think that, you know, that the kind of the bloodletting that, uh, you know, Wisconsin took at the hands of Notre Dame last week, I think. That, that's going to be hard to recover against a, you know, a team like Michigan. And I think Jim Harbaugh is going to have them ready. Yeah, I'm not sure. I don't know if this is like a bounce, <laughs> bounce back for Wisconsin or if they just stink. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't think Grant Mertz is very good, but I think the rest of the team is pretty solid. I think I'm going to take Wisconsin. I don't really have a great reason for doing it, but I think I'm going to take them over a Michigan team. They weren't as convincing as they could have been last week, and I'm still not quite sure that they're back. I'm, I'm going Wisconsin, too, and um, I don't know why, um, because I've seen them play twice this year and really wasn't impressed with Graham Mertz, obviously, either time. But I just think being at home, I think that they're more desperate for the win. Um, and we were saying earlier on the show that Wisconsin still has everything in front of them in terms of Big Ten West, Big Ten championship hopes if they take care of their business and that really that starts on Saturday uh really call it a must win for Big Ten title chances for for the Badgers early in the season so I'm going to go Wisconsin as well um next we're gonna we're gonna stay in the Midwest here um big game Cincinnati takes on Notre Dame battle of uh top 10 teams in South Bend yeah, I mean, uh, you know, Brian Kelly uh, went from Cincinnati to Notre Dame years ago. And, uh, you know, uh, both teams, uh, I think Cincinnati scoring on average of about 43 points a game. Notre Dame just hung 41 on Wisconsin on a team that had, a, you know, a pretty good defense. So this could be a really high scoring game. Uh, but I like Notre Dame. Uh, clearly, in my mind, uh, I think Notre Dame wins this one. But. Uh, you know, I have a fondness in my heart for Cincinnati. I mean, uh, I like the Bearcats. Uh, you know, I saw a couple of football games down there in my day. So, uh, but I still like Notre Dame. I actually saw more games at Notre Dame than I did Cincinnati. That's not the reason why I'm picking this game. I'm just trying to, you know, let everybody know the breadth of my football, you know, like stadium acumen here. There you go. That's good. That's 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 quite impressive on both ends. Nippert Stadium seems like an interesting place to watch a game. And of course, South Bend is South Bend. Uh, I want more than anything, Tyler, to pick Cincinnati. I really, really do. We know that where this is going. But guess what? Yeah, I uh, I have to pick Notre Dame. Uh, I'm interested to see where you go though, because just a couple of weeks ago you picked Indiana. To beat Cincinnati, and they had them on the road for a while. Yeah, they really they had them. Um, but I got Notre Dame in this one. Uh, I do wonder what happens at quarterback. Right, is Jack Cohn going to be ready to go, or do they rely on what is now? You said earlier in the show, there's third stringer, but True provided, yep, yep, off the pine. In fact, yeah, there you go. And I, I think that Notre Dame is going to find a way to win this one. It might be ugly, but I got them beating Cincinnati. Cincinnati has a bye. They had a bye. Notre Dame. Obviously, had a big win over Wisconsin, Soldier Field. The game's in South Bend. I'm taking Notre Dame. 
I think it's going to be a really good game. Um, and Notre Dame really hasn't we, – we talked about this earlier. Outside of the fourth quarter on, on Saturday against Wisconsin, they haven't looked great this year. Um, so, so we'll see. I mean, it's going to be a really big test. This game has huge playoff um, – what's the word? I'm looking, implications, right, um, because neither team – well, Cincinnati's in a conference, but they're the group of five. Notre Dame is considered the independent. So this is a huge – this is pretty much a playoff game uh, in early October. So I'm going Notre Dame as well. Um, next we're going to go down to death Valley, uh, where the Auburn Tigers come to town to take on LSU. Easiest pick of the weekend. I mean, LSU wins this one. I mean, it, it, is Auburn anything more than a dumpster fire? I mean, you know, they're really, uh, uh, they had a really tough time last week. Didn't they fire one of their assistant coaches this week? Like they did the fire rec- receivers coach. The receivers coach, right? Who uh, you know was you know very highly touted, and because of uh, you know issues of the fact, I think the guys were averaging less than eighty yards per game. I guess that they had to have the assistant coach be the sacrificial lamb there. Um, yeah, I I don't even think this is even close. Uh, so we won't waste our mu- uh, much time here, LSU. Hmm, that's interesting. My gut was Auburn when you first brought this up. Um, LSU has a lot of questions going back to their loss to UCLA. They beat an average Mississippi State team. The thing that I'm hung up on, Tyler, is it being in Death Valley and at night and at night. Uh, so we'll have to get an Auburn fan on the show next week to tell us which place was louder, <laughs> Scout Time, to tell us the, truth, the whiteout, or Death Valley. I guess I'll take LSU because if Bruce says this is easy and it's a blowout, and why are we talking about it? I guess I'm going LSU. Oh, my. <laughs> I, I, I am going LSU, and so far I have the same picks as you, which could either be really good or, like last week, really bad. Uh, but – it looks like Auburn's making a quarterback change. They did at the end of the Georgia State game that they squeaked off. Um, Which is interesting because he played well against Well, Boston. and TJ, he, he did. But TJ Finley, the quarterback, actually transferred out of LSU. And now he's going into Death Valley. Um, so it's going to be an interesting – there's some interesting storylines there. And um, I think it's going to be closer than, than Bruce thinks. But I do think LSU will win. Um, but it's going to be pretty close, I think. Yeah, I, I agree. I would I would turn that game on, Bruce. I think it'll be worth your time. Okay, I don't. I'll be honest with you. I don't watch. I don't watch much SEC football. I, I really don't. I mean, I you know I I allocate mine like you know Big Ten, Pac Ten. So we appreciate that, especially the Big Ten love. All right. Well, you didn't mention anything about the Big Twelve, but that's where we're going next. Um, we're going to head down. Texas, where the Longhorns travel to take on the Horn Frogs of TCU. See, I've always been a Horn Frog fan. Um, you know, even when they were like, you know, pre Big 12 and were trying to, you know, they were up for the national title and, you know, and, and finally found a home in the Big 12. But I tell you what, I think Texas has really turned the corner. I think that, that uh, they're playing some good football this year. And, uh, you know, I like the Longhorns rather than the Horned Frogs. One of the, I'll say two of the most BS things in the history of either the college football playoff, BCS era, uh, 
both of those things occurred against TCU. The first was the year where both Boise and TCU went undefeated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Neither of them were going to make the championship game. It was only two teams, BCS at the time. And we were going to get the chance to see what Boise was going to do against the big boys, what TCU was going to do against the big boys. And guess what? They put them both against each other in the Fiesta Bowl. Boise State against TCU. That was an absolute disgrace by college football. And either shielding those teams from getting blown out or shielding the big boys from getting embarrassed against. I don't know what the idea was, but an absolute disgrace that that was the bowl game that they picked there. Second one was when Baylor and TCU were down the stretch. Baylor had beaten TCU in the Pac-12, in the uh, Big 12 regular season. There was no Big 12 title game at the time. Uh, it was on a weird phantom late pass interference call that Baylor had beaten TCU, and it was like 55 to 52 or some crazy score, right? But TCU was above Baylor because of how they had done against other top Big 12 teams, Texas, Kansas State, et cetera. TCU was number three going into the last college football rankings. The last week of the season, I should say, they beat uh, Iowa State, who was bad at the time, 55 to three. And what happens in the college football playoff final rankings? <laughs> TCU drops to six. Baylor drops from five, four to five. And Ohio State jumps from four. No, five to three. That's right. Or maybe it was four. Basically what it was is TCU yeah. was solidly in, dropped all the way back to six after beating a team, conference foe, by 52 points. And if that isn't telling you what a sham the college football playoff committee either was or still is or something, I don't know what does. So I know we're talking about Texas against TCU, but two of the biggest travesties in the history of college football were conducted against your Horn Frogs, Bruce. That said, I'm picking Texas. Yeah, I guess after all that, the encyclopedia, yeah. that, that gave him the, uh, the answer to the riddle there, Texas. I'm going TCU. Um because Texas just isn't wow. back yet. They're not back, uh, and they're not going to be back for maybe another one or two years. Um, so that's where I am. I'm going to go TCU, flip it a little bit between Bob and I. Um, and now we're going to the game that we've all been waiting for, um, Penn State versus Indiana. Uh, Penn State is currently 11-point favorites. So give us your winner and your score, and um, – how you see the game playing out, if you don't mind? Well, I tell you what, I think that uh, the Penn State running game is going to get healthy this week. I mean, everybody was, you know, really is his thinks that, uh, you know, the Penn State running game, oh, my God, what's wrong with it, whatever like that. Um, I think that they're going to get their act together on the ground this week. And unfortunately, I think that they're going to do it at the expense of my Hoosiers. Um I think Penn State is a team, you know, on the rise. Uh, as I mentioned, I, I felt that, you know, last year was kind of a lightning in the bottle year for Indiana. Um, everything just fell the right way. I mean, you know, the even though they beat Penn State, even though Bob doesn't think they beat Penn State, I, mean, <laughs> I do. Uh, and, uh, you know, we, we reveled in that year, but I just don't think it's the same season for Indiana. Uh, I think they're going to have a difficult time against Penn State. And uh, I actually like Penn State to cover. Um, I like it maybe about 35 to 20. 
So that game last year, you know, a couple inches, a half inch or two, uh, doesn't matter when you're deciding where to hang the picture on the wall, Bruce. It does matter when it's crossing the pylon or not. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> I, I, like, I get that. It was, it was 2020. That's yeah, how we're going to go. call it 2020. But, no, listen, you guys played better than Penn State. Than oh, State absolutely. Though. I mean, there is no argument about that. Penn State played poorly, and you guys played – Played a great game, um, and you know uh, and, Indiana uh, had been close for quite a few years too. Against they Penn always State. played yeah, Penn we, State. Yeah, tough we were saying that earlier. They always they always play Penn State tough, and even even the Ohio States of the world they play tough. The Michigans, it's they seem like they're always in a dogfight with those teams. Yeah, but no, you deserve to win that game. To be fair, Tyler, remind me of that spread minus eleven for Penn State. Boy, I like Indiana cover. I like this to be a touchdown. Thank you. There you go. <laughs> Let's call it a 10-point game. I'm going to take that, that you know, use that minus 11 to my advantage. Let's call it 31-21 Penn State. I'm pretty much on the same um, trajectory here as Bruce. I'm going 34-21 Penn State. Um, so that, our difference is a field goal, huh? But it's yeah, spread, yeah, and the difference know? in the spread. So I do think PSU covers um, 34-21. I hope you're right, Bruce. I hope that they can get the ground game going. Um, Sean Clifford has looked phenomenal um, for, you know, what Penn State fans know him to be. And I think a run game would even help him even more. Um, and and especially with the slate they have coming up with, with Iowa, they have Ohio State at the end of the – at the end of October, Michigan, Michigan State, Maryland. Got to be able to run the ball. Uh, I hope they can start doing it this week. I was hoping for it last week. Uh, didn't see it against Villanova, but um, like like you said, hopefully it's at the expense of the Hoosiers' defense. 11's a big line, guys. I'm just saying. It is, but it's also a night game and a stripe out. Yeah. Um, in Indiana, as you mentioned earlier, Bruce, they haven't looked like they did last year. Uh, Pinnock specifically. I mean, they just struggled to beat Western Kentucky. Um, so that's yeah, kind of exactly. why I like Penn State here. Even though it was a road game, I mean, come on, uh, you know, and uh, you, you just put the matchup in, and I don't know, I'm trying to put matchup between Western Kentucky and Villanova team, you know, they're playing, you know, each playing an, uh, you know, an F FCS opponent um, is Western Kentucky FCS or FBS. I kind of thought they were BS, but to be honest, yeah. USA, maybe? that might be BS. I don't yeah. really pay much attention to the old toppers. So. Yeah, right. But it, it's still, uh, you know, with 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 Indiana struggling and Penn State obviously doing what they needed to do, even though they didn't play well um, or had some, you know, um, that 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 was the overriding factor for me. And uh, but you were coming off Cincinnati and in between the night game at Penn State. These are still 18 to 22 year old kids. Ah, hey, we'll see. I. No need for me to advocate for the Hoosiers, but uh, <laughs> we will uh, we will see what happens out there. Bruce, awesome having you, as always. Thanks for housing us on the Sports Stream Premium Network. We love what you guys are doing. Happy to be part of it. Anything else we should know before we go? Uh, nothing other than, uh, you know, we got a very interesting game uh, in high school football. Uh, you know, LaSalle and St. Joe Prep that we'll be covering you know, on our uh, pre-snap look show cool. this week. I think that's probably the premier matchup in the state of Pennsylvania this week. So anybody who wants to uh, 
see what I have to say and, uh, you know, about uh, LaSalle and St. Joe Prep. I've had opportunity to see them both play this year, you know, in person. So, uh, you know, we'll see how that goes. Cool. I might be calling you up to talk about prep. So okay. keep going on, buddy. <laughs> Appreciate right, you. Thanks. Uh, thanks for All being right, our we'll guest. Here. He's Bruce Badgley. He's Tyler Gellhouse, and I'm Bob Long. Thanks for being with us here on the Nittany Lions Sports Report, housed on the Sports Stream Premium Network. Enjoy the football, everybody. We'll see you next week.